welcome to this episode of All About Elephants. My name is Roshana Bide, and I will be interviewing two extraordinary guests today. They are the co-founders of Gentle Giants Nonprofit. It's a global NGO aimed at protecting elephants and supporting Thailand's indigenous communities, people, and environment. This is a fantastic organization. They have gained a ton of support and followers throughout the pandemic for their work to keep elephants out of tourist camps and keeping them nourished and free. And another thing to note, this is a women-led organization. So as we close out and celebrate Women's History Month in March, we are so excited to have them with us today and to hear their story. Let me now introduce and say hello to Colby Steiner and Diana Munoz. Welcome, ladies. Hello, Roshana. This is Diana Munoz. Thank you so much for having us and for giving us the space so that we can tell you all about Gentle Giants. And this is Colby Steiner, and we both are very excited to be here and have lots to tell you. (laughs) Well, we do. We have a ton to cover, and I have been following Gentle Giants on social media, and I know you are just back from Thailand, so I want to ask you all about that trip and all the great work you've been doing. Uh, But first, I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit about you both. So take a moment and please introduce yourselves to us. Uh, Well, this is Diana Munoz. I am founder of Gentle Giants uh, and an advocate for all the elephants and actually all of um, Mother Nature's beautiful children. And I am Colby Steiner, and I too am an advocate. And Diana and I have been working together for several years And I'm sure you guys have seen us around social media. And then we started Gentle Giants together. And I don't know if you heard me sigh uh, with recognition about all of Earth's creatures, because we're going to be talking primarily about elephants and the work you're doing for elephants uh, with Gentle Giants. But I do know that there's a greater purpose also for more than elephants. So I'm going to be asking you who else you support, but let's focus on the elephants and focus on Gentle Giants nonprofit. Talk a little bit about how you got started and what the nonprofit is all about. Well, um, back in 2020 now, uh, when COVID hit, Lek and I, Lek, Charlotte and I were on the telephone when all of the elephants started walking back home this started happening it was because once covid hit thailand's tourism just came to a halt so the elephants started starving they were working uh these elephants were working and we had to come up with an idea of how to keep them home and how to support them and not only support them but also their human families so this just um as ballooned or groaned or blossomed into this beautiful chain of compassion, kindness, and a lot of hope for a lot of change for all these gentle ones. So as the elephants were walking home, um, like Diana said, many were starving. The Their human caretakers no longer had a way to feed them because they were out of work. And these elephants came from circus venues, trekking camps. Some have returned from logging. Um, They walked home to their villages where many hadn't been in years and years and years. And this was actually 
um, the first time some of the people in the villages actually saw their elephants um, and they were unprepared to have all these elephants back home as well. So there were no enclosures, um, no way to feed them. Um, it, it, it was, it was very sad, but at the same time, it gave us advocates an awesome opportunity. Leck had been working for 25 years or has been working for 25 years to close yeah. all of these camps. And in three weeks, COVID shut it all down. Mm -hmm. There was no more tourism. So in so four months, we created Gentle Giants, and it was an amazing journey just in those four months because typically to start a nonprofit, you need six months to a year, and we were able to get everything up and running uh, by June and um, you know start supporting these elephants and their human communities. So from, exactly. from the start of March, COVID 2020 till June, and this, I presume, was building on the advocacy work that both of you, Diana and Colby, were doing with LEC also prior to COVID. But at the start, between start of March 2020 and June, in four short months, you stood up this nonprofit. How many elephants were part of your care at the very beginning? So... Um the way it actually started, it, it, it's actually a very simple, but at the same time, very beautiful uh, story. Lek and I were on the phone when the first 11 elephants who actually made worldwide news were walking back home to the villages. And we were literally on the phone because Lek had been sending SOSs, please help me raise money, because many are dying, many are starving. So... Lek told me, Le Diana, they're walking back home. Right now, these elephants uh, are walking back home, and I want to keep them home. What can we do? And I said, well, Lek, I don't know, but we have to come up with something. And as we were talking, it dawned on me that maybe we could start a sponsorship program. I think, just as you said, because Colby and I have been so active in the advocacy world, this really, really gave us a very big push. People knew that what we were asking for and what we were actually trying to do, it was the real thing. So on this conversation, I hung up with Lek saying, let me see what I can do. Let's see uh, how we could start the sponsorship program. And actually, I told her in that same call, let's call it the Dental Giant Stay Home Project. And she thought it was a fabulous idea. So I hung up with her and I called Colby and I said, Colby, do you want to be a part of this? We had been working together for quite some time. We had written petitions together, helped other organizations, uh, you know, advocated. And we both get along very well the way we work. So she was the first one that came to mind. And she said, uh, okay, of course, we didn't think it was going to grow as much and as fast as it has. So to answer your question, the first elephants that we had it was 11 on the way but as Lek continued walking uh she would call me and she said okay can you take six more and then can you take two more and then can you take so at the end of this walk i think we had already 28 by just the 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 walk, the walk from wherever she started to the village along the way she was able to uh convince and uh, offer our help to 28 elephants. 
Wow. So 11 elephants to 28 elephants within just the walk home. Uh, and gentle giants stay home is in order to keep those elephants at home. So presumably after COVID, what was the vision that you both had for these 28 elephants? And then, of course, the, the others that continue to join. The vision is to keep them home, to awaken people's hearts and to understand that these elephants cannot go back to work. They cannot go back to the tourist industry. They cannot be taken into logging. They deserve to live free as Mother Nature intended. They deserve to be with their families, their herd, with their children. They deserve to be able to enjoy motherhood. And we take all of that away when we enslave them. And, and, you know, another thing, Roshana, is the Mahouts were returning home. And, you know, many of the Mahouts are very young boys who um, have to leave their families and their friends and go stay at these elephant camps where they, too, are leased or rented out um, to take care of the elephants. And the Mahouts are treated very poorly. I, I mean, you think the elephants are treated bad? The Mahouts are treated even worse. Um, they're sleeping on the streets. Um, they are fed very little. They are paid near to nothing. And they have now been able to go home and be with their families. And their families are thrilled to have their children back as well. That is one of the things I think that is so striking about what you're doing and what Leck is doing and this systemic change around looking, of course, at the elephants, but also to the communities and to the Mahouts themselves. And I think you're also able to paint a really positive picture about what could be for animals, for elephants and humans in this coexistence space. And I did want to acknowledge that as well, because this is not just an isolated change. You guys are you, you both are really looking at this holistically. Can you talk a little bit about how the Mahouts themselves, are they getting skills training? Are there programs that you're doing to focus on them? And then, of course, we're going to get back to the elephants because I want to hear about some of some of my favorite little babies. Um, but talk about how, how the humans have been uh, growing from this. Well, just. To tell you, this has been a learning curve and an eye-opener for all of us. You know, as advocates, we normally tend to attack the caretakers or the mahouts. They are the evil people that we see are mistreating the elephants. Along the way, by through Gentle Giants, we've been able to see the human aspect of it. And by being able to see the human aspect of it, we've been able to understand that if we want to help the elephants, we have to help the humans. It, and by them seeing that people are willing to help them without having, without getting more than a badge or an, and a certificate and a thank you in exchange, they have also come forward and actually shown that they want this change. So when what Colby was saying, all of these uh, mahouts, all of these caretakers uh, didn't have any other option and had never been able to see another option. So what has happened has been truly magical, truly, truly magical in many ways. So the elephants are able now to roam free in the forest. They are uh, living with dignity and enjoying their own babies and their herds. And the mahouts are enjoying kind of the same thing. 
because now that they are home, they are being able to enjoy their families. Many of them are young fathers. Many of them are young sons and brothers and all of this. And now having them back home, the families are whole again. And since uh, they didn't know they had this possibility. So with Gentle Giants, now many of them have reached out and we have a very important project now that it's called Omkoi Evolution, that this was an eye-opener to them. So much so that they were the ones when they started seeing that the borders um, were started to open and everything, they were the ones to reach out to Lek. So Lek would reach out to us and they said, please, we want to keep our elephants and our men home. How can we do this? Can you support us? So to your question, are they being trained? Yes. Throughout all this process, we have been empowering them, empowering the men uh, and the women, of course, by giving them new traits. They've learned how to uh, plant uh, rice, grow rice, and they, they're learning how to grow different crops. In Omkoi, uh, the project I'm talking to you about, because it's so, so far away from civilization, actually, they are sharing these crops. They One of them grows uh, bananas and the other one will grow watermelons and then they exchange uh, and they give each other you know, a helping hand, but they want to stay home. So it's been such an amazing process, an eye-opener for the world because we are able to see uh, these humans are really not bad humans. They were just responding to the tourist demand. they The tourists were demanding to have these close encounters with the elephants, to be able to ride them, to see them paint and all of this, and they were just trying to make ends meet. Now that we have a different way of doing this, that only through sponsorships and that they have to share their pictures and their videos, they were able to see that humans will continue supporting them and that they can stay home and, uh, you know, they can do different activities that will help their communities grow. So it's been a really, really beautiful uh, process, but it's been a process where everyone has learned. It's not like we, when we were going into this, we had no idea of how much we would learn from them. And they had no idea how much opportunity and how much they learned from us. So the Mahouts owners and their families actually from Om Koi project did their training at Elephant Nature Park. So they mm-hmm. worked directly with Lex Mahout's um, kitchen staff. You know, um, the women have been learning to create a homestay for the volunteer program. The women have been learning to make jewelry, which is actually very incredible and a huge part of empowering the women of these indigenous tribes because they've never had a way to make money to contribute to their village. And um, they are very excited and motivated to do this. If you want to go back to the very beginning, we did have a, a... it was a very informal, subjective training, which at the time we probably wouldn't even have considered it training. But when you look back on it, it was a huge, huge, huge deal. So Diana and I have competitions monthly. And one of our very first competitions between each of the projects was a photo competition. When they began sending us, 
Okay, so everybody has to send us pictures and videos of their elephants every single day. So we're looking at hundreds upon hundreds of photos and videos to make sure contracts are being complied with, the elephants are healthy and thriving, etc. So we had a photo con- competition, and at first the mahouts were taking pictures, and it was just an elephant standing there. Then, through the motivation of this competition, we started getting the most incredible photographs that were not photoshopped. They were not using filters. They were simply learning how to see their elephants through the lens of a camera, and they were taking these gorgeous photos. And in doing that, they started to see their elephants in a different way. They no longer saw them giving rides and performing, you know, silly circus tricks and being chained. They saw them living peacefully in this beautiful natural environment and living as elephants should live, just as an elephant. And you could see it in the change of the photographs and the videos we were getting. And many of the um, owners in Mahouts that we spoke to when we went to Thailand in November of last year told us when we asked them, they said they wanted to continue this way. They don't want tourists coming and touching their elephants and, you know, dictating what um, what should happen, bathing them. You know, they, they want it to be hands-off because it is so stressful for not only the elephants, but for them to make sure everyone is safe, And um, they think it's much more important to be at a respectful distance and watch the elephants engage as elephants and not standing there chained. And they were all very positive. And and some, you know, were very heart-moving because, you know, one very young Mahout was like, she's my best friend. I don't ever want her to go back to that. And... You know, I mean, it's just, it's incredible to to just talk to them and get their point of view and see that they truly want to stay home and find another way to be self-sustaining. Um, it, it's It's been an incredible journey so far. Yeah, I remember as you're talking about Omkoi, uh, which is one of many projects, and I want to ask you about some other projects in a moment. Uh, as you were painting the picture about what's happened in Omkoi and the, I, I specifically Omkoi in your example, but then earlier just in general, the Mahouts uh, becoming whole with their families again. I mean, this really does speak to systemic change sparked by these majestic creatures, which are elephants that all of us listening to the All About, all about Elephants show are truly uh, crazy about. We love elephants. And so to see the elephants be able to spark this positive change for humans, I think is really amazing. And as I was listening to you both speak, I was imagining one of the earliest photographs that was shared on social media. I believe it was when the Omkoi humans came to the park and there's a beautiful photo of to elephant nature park for the training and there's a beautiful photo of the full group and i believe one or two elephants standing in the back i'm remembering one very majestically and it it almost felt like um this blending of what i you know i grew up on sesame street i mean it felt like that a real belief that humans and animals can coexist so 
Thank you for painting that picture about OMCOI for us. I think you have some other projects as well. Can you talk about some of the other projects that are happening? Yes. Um, but I want to tell you that all of the other projects that are happening uh, have had actually the same result or it, it they have come together in this coexistence mm. in a beautiful way. Like, for example, uh, what you were saying about OMCOI, that the all of them. So I'll, I'll start again, maybe in a better way, in the sense that when the these majestic beings came home, went to the villages, everyone was worried, oh my God, they're going to be, you know, uh, going into the uh, fields and destroying this and destroying that. We really wanted for the villagers to see that there was uh, a great benefit to have these majestic, beautiful beings back home. So what we started doing is that we started buying their produce. Of course, all of these farmers didn't have where to sell their produce because there were no tourists. So what we started doing is that we started buying their produce to feed to the elephants. And of course, because uh, there were no tourists and nothing was happening in Thailand and everything, all the uh, economy was going down the drain. Because of these beautiful elephants and no one was expecting them home, we started hiring people in the construction business so that they can build shelters. So everything started revolving in around the elephants. Any positive change or anything that was happening positive that was positive in the villages were thanks to having the elephants home. And this has happened like in our other projects in Surin. We had, we built shelters. We started buying the produce. Right now, a, a few months ago, uh, when the terrible floods occurred, um, the people that were growing the rice, their rice was going bad and they had nowhere to sell it. Nothing, you know, everything was uh, so horrible for them at that point that what we decided to do is uh, buy the rice and have the community come together and start making rice balls for our elephants and helping them uh, again, helping them uh, financially. So we were hiring people. They were all happy. There's such beautiful pictures of this community coming together three times a week to make the rice balls for the elephants. We have 18 elephants in Surin and making the, the rice balls. And they're all the children, the women, the men. They all come together because this is a way of them uh, making ends meet. So, of course, many things that the elephants at the beginning, they thought, oh, the elephants are bringing, you know, are, are going to be ruining our crops, are going to be a disturbance to our village. They have noticed that having them there is such a positive. It's, you know, they can coexist and they can thrive just by having these majestic beings there with them. And uh, the forest has even gotten better because of them being there as well. So, Roshana, we have 11 projects that include Saddle Off projects, which are previous ethical projects that needed help during the COVID pandemic that um, so there's 11 separate uh, groups. Then we have another 22 elephants under two projects in Surin that um, are the ex begging elephants. And then we have in Omkoi, 
We're, we're starting to lose count. We, we got the 35, and then they asked us to take another 20. We've had three newborn babies since, and we have two expecting mothers. So 55, six, seven, eight, 58 with two on the way. I think we have a total of around 138 currently that we're supporting. You you read my mind because one of the things I was going to ask you maybe in a lightning round was how many elephants, and I can imagine that that number is going to be growing as your work continues to make a positive impact and people are seeing that. I do want to drop for our listeners just the website because sponsorships are open. There are lots of elephants that are waiting and keen and eager to be sponsored. So thegentlegiants.org, I'll be repeating that uh, for people listening. If you want to help right away, go on thegentlegiants.org and you can find all of those beautiful elephants and how you can support them. And Diana and Colby, I think that what you've articulated so far has been very inspiring. And at the heart of it to know that these elephants have been able to give people a lens to a positive world. And I say lens very intentionally, as you were talking about the photography of seeing their elephants differently when taking a photograph. I mean, there's so many nuances of how you've been influencing change. I want to ask you now, as we've been hearing about the back end and a lot of the things that maybe we don't see what's on social media, social media, from my perspective, has been a really great way for the casual observer or someone who just loves elephants to get to know what you both are doing. Can you talk about how social media, how the movement has been and how people are reacting around the world? Oh my God. Social media has made it happen. (laughs) (laughs) That is the actual truth. You know, this is the, this is what social media should be used for. Like, this is so important and this has brought the world together and you know for me is i always say that i am so proud of our gentle giants family for us each member of our family each person that sponsors that donates that helps in any way they can they really are our family and these are our 138 children you know it's um it's been amazing. We make a, a, a call, a please, please help us. And everyone jumps in and we have had people come uh, from any platform. We're, we're on Twitter, on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and, you know, from whatever platform women, uh, people will come. And I want to say that most of them, 99% of them are women. We have one or two men around there, which is absolutely fabulous and i hope that more men uh you know hold hands with us to make this uh, a a long long term um reality but most of the people that help us are women are they stand by us it's just like it's just the most amazing and beautiful uh thing to us and it's just our gg family and we and it's not big organizations. We do have our partners or our allies, not partners, our allies like Peace for Animals that uh, has donated to us. But normally to be able to uh, support all 138 
elephants, which I have to say it's 138 elephants, but behind each elephant, there could be a minimum of eight people because I want to tell people uh, that I'm sure not many are aware is that per elephant, the one elephant is owned by more than one family and each family could have four people. So when we say we are supporting 138 elephants, uh, behind that, we're supporting hundreds, if not thousands of people. So, you know, it's just amazing. And this has all been possible because of social media. We are able to reach all corners of the world. We have had supporters from everywhere, South America, from Asia, from even from own Thailand. People from Thailand contact us and they donate and, you know, they want to be involved from all over Asia and Europe, we have had people from all continents come to us and say, I want to help. And the beauty of it is that some of the people are willing to sacrifice themselves just to be able to give. There was a beautiful woman who contacted uh, me and wrote an email and said, look, I am on social security and I'm going to be um, sharing my check with you this month. I won't be eating as much but i want the elephants to have some of it so it's you know it's just the, such a great effort and it really makes us proud and you know it, it's just what keeps us going social media is what has made this happen and we've had some pretty amazing children involved too um one of our uh supporters tammy pretlove and her daughter zoe recently did a fundraiser for us and um, it was it was wonderful to see her daughter so excited about the elephants because we really need the younger generations to get involved. We had another young man who was 16, and I can't remember. He was from another country that was a very small country, and he was giving us his allowance, and he didn't make very much allowance, and it was all the money he had, but he gave it to us for the month, and he was so proud to donate it. And we just, we do have a beautiful family and we love each and every one of them. It feels like we know each and every one of them and it wouldn't have been possible without social media. You know, we have, we have our, and, and each, each platform is different. We have um, beautiful people over on YouTube that don't get on Facebook and the other platforms we have, you know, we, we can reach a broader audience on Twitter we can, you know, we have our Instagram and Facebook and then TikTok. I mean, e each each audience is different and they're all so supportive and engaged and involved. We we couldn't ask for anything more. It, it, both of you covered so many resonant topics uh, right off the bat, I can say, around Women's History Month and the fact that so many women are part of the Gentle Giants family as supporters, that I see that as a real opportunity for the men. If you're listening, please <laughs> step in. Um, that gives us, we have a whole swath of a population of people that we can continue to influence. But I think that that's what's been so magical about experiencing Gentle Giants as a fan uh, and as a supporter and as someone who believes in your work is because you do engage so closely with all of us through the videos that are shared. And just yesterday, I got a video of Wan Mai 
uh, who I believe is a gentle giant's favorite, she's certainly one of my favorites, uh, came to me through a WhatsApp from a relative. And for me to be able to say, not only do I instantly recognize this elephant, um, I'm also getting to talk to both of both of uh, you. It's, it's really special to see that come full circle. So the impact is being made. Talk about the elephants themselves. Do you see personalities? Do you see them thriving? How are they growing as part of your work? Oh my goodness, the elephants. And then we need uh, five hours to just tell you. <laughs> um, you know, of course, the elephants, each of them have their personalities, their likes, their dislikes. They have their bad hair days and their good days. And we see this through the videos. Uh, we see their behavior. We see when they're suffering. We see if something is wrong. And come to point, we just had a uh, lack of before our trip to Thailand, Lek was able to move one of our elephants, her name is Bai Toy, because we had been seeing that in the videos and the pictures, we had been seeing that she was not okay. Something was wrong, something was up. We were uh, playing hardball with uh, the owner. Uh, we stopped support, we, he came back, we came back to him. You know, it, it's, it's a touch and go, so that trying for us to get uh, for the elephants' lives to actually be better. Many of them want to change Roshana, and many of them are working very hard, but some of them are not. And that is the sad truth of, you know, we won't be able to change everyone's hearts, but that doesn't mean we won't try. In Baitoy's case, we could see this little girl who is absolutely precious, and she was the highlight of our trip right now, uh, she was declining. She would get better. She would decline again. And I was in close contact every day. I speak to Lek and I was telling her, Lek, she's dying. Something's happening to her. Uh, we need to get her. And Lek was behind the scenes working, trying to see what, what was going on, what was going on. And uh, finally, she was able to negotiate and uh, get the owner uh, to allow to move by toy to Elephant Nature Park. And, uh, you know, now that she is there, we could see just such change in just a few days. This little girl that came to our, um, to light that she was being force bred. Uh, unfortunately, because we are so spread out, we're just two women here in the United States. As you say, uh, you know, this is all uh, handled by two women. And we have two women in Thailand that have to be our eyes ears over there and see what is going on so when we see something going on we start sending out our team that means those two girls and a driver of course uh to go over there and try to see what is going on if we think they're sick then we will send the vet out we will be you know uh tightening uh, the the terms with the owners to try for them to send more videos to see what can be happening so Going back to your question, do they all have their personalities? Yes. Do they show us if they're thriving? Yes. Do they show us if they are happy? Absolutely. And Juan Mai is the beautiful baby that you're talking about. She is full proof of this. You know, Juan Mai, uh, when she came to Elephant Nature Park, she was completely depressed. Uh, her mother had been in logging. She, her mother was in horrible shape and her mother was going to be taken back to logging. And Juan Mai came to Elephant Nature Park. She was a very quiet baby, and now she's a little earthquake. So she's <laughs> not because, of course, they show you. And I want to tell you 
And I want to share with all our listeners here that elephants and humans are very much alike. So when an elephant is sad, they normally, just like us, look down, they become very quiet, very distant, very closed. When an elephant is happy, they express their happiness by talking, by touching, by smiling. If you pay attention to the pictures we share, you can see them smiling. You can see the bright, uh, beautiful light in their eyes, their willing, their will to live, their, their, you know, how playful they can be. And this is true for the adults and for the juveniles and for the, for the babies as well. So it's for all of them. So, you know, in going back to by toy in just the two weeks that we were there, we pampered her and we showered her with love. We took every day we'd take to discover what she liked best. We would take different fruits to her and she would tell us some days she would like uh, the pumpkin more than the watermelon. Other days it was a watermelon. Other days it was the sugar cane. So just like us, they express themselves. Uh, if we're willing to listen with our hearts and just pay close attention to who they are because they each are individual. They each are uh, a living sentient being and they can each express what they want, like or dislike. I highly encourage anyone, to those that are listening to on whichever social media platform you prefer, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, follow Gentle Giants if you aren't already, because you truly do get to see a glimpse of every elephant. Um, you, Diana and Colby, your team is prolific at posting so that we can get real-time visibility into especially the babies as they grow. Um, but to be able to hear you paint the picture is just so beautiful to hear. Um, so again, for those listening, thegentlegiants.org, you can see all of the elephants and sponsor. Uh, you can also follow on whatever your preferred or all the social media channels to see videos and photographs. Uh, I would love to ask you again. I mean, I've been following you on social media and I know you've just come back from Thailand. You've talked a little bit about the trip. I believe I also saw something about the Bionic Giants project. And I specifically want to ask you that because I, I've seen a cow as well also benefit. Can you talk about that program? Absolutely. Uh, the Dental Giants um, Bionic Giants program uh, started a year ago. Actually, when we were there, we were talking with Derek Campana, who has made all, who has made all these prostheses for the elephants and Mr. Cow. And we contacted him thanks to uh, Colby's great idea of contacting him on February 28th. So it was, it's a little bit more than a year ago. Um, and we were just there delivering all these prostheses, uh, to uh, the elephants. They, we took three, um, we had Kunde, baby Kunde, who we made a foot for, a brace for a tycoon. And a knee brace for Mamai and Mr. Cow. And of course, Mr. Cow is not an elephant. He's actually a bull. But as we have always said from the very beginning, no one is left behind. A gentle giant, anyone says, please help and we will. Because all life is precious to us. And the bionic giants actually know it's going to continue growing because we're not ready to share who, 
just yet, but the, while we were there and seeing what a success this has been, you know, seeing Mamai walking with her braids for the first time and the way she walked to the river, it was just amazing. She had not been able to do that since she got to uh, EMP because of the pain in her on her knee. And it's and we have said it many times before, we made history. There has never, ever in history uh, before Mamai had there been a knee brace made or fitted for uh, a gentle one, for an elephant. So we have made history in that sense. And it's not, when I say we, I'm not saying gentle giants. I'm saying all our, our family, every person that donated, that shared, that spoke about it, that raised awareness, we all made history. Like in 150 years, I can just imagine people when they said someone came together and, you know, thought of this idea and really they had to fundraise and then came uh, Derek Campana and he put it together. But, you know, this is this is such an amazing uh, part of Gentle Giants where nothing, it, it's the credit can't go to Coley and I uh, solely, it goes to all of us, you know, this is something that we have all come together and made, and I'll uh, let Colby tell you about Mr. Cow and his uh, amazing journey as well um, Mr. Cow was born without his two front lower limbs He's the first cow in history to be missing both front limbs um, from a birth anomaly. Uh, Derek was very excited to be working with him um, because he is the first cow like this. And Mr. Cow is extremely strong and in great health. And that is all due to Dr. Tom and EMP. Um, him being in such great health and having such strength is what has enabled him to move so quickly in adapting to these uh, prosthetic limbs. And I think if, it, if he didn't need to adjust to them in the sense that he has to grow calluses and um, not get too sore by wearing them too long, I think he would want them on all the time. When we were there, you could see... In his eyes, he was so he was such a good boy, so gentle, so patient, that he really, really wanted to um, get up and walk. He knew we were trying to help him. And he, from birth, has had such a strong will to live that it was actually amazing. Um, he was up and going <laughs> much quicker than we thought he would be. And... Um, I think, you know, he has, uh, they're telling us he has three friends that walk by his enclosure every morning to the pasture nearby and they chat and talk and, you know, it just warms our heart that we're hoping that eventually he'll get to go out to the pasture with his friends. Um, he, he's just such a beautiful, gentle soul and watching him walk was just, it was surreal. I, I think it took, I think it's still sinking in. Every, watching the video today um, from EMP of him walking is just, you know, mm -hmm. it's just incredible. And, and mm -hmm. it gives so much hope mm -hmm. to other animals that are born with this condition or inflicted upon them with this condition um, that you don't have to euthanize them. 
mm-hmm. you know, that they can still live a full, normal quality of life um, with a couple of artificial legs. And I want to share with everyone as well, Roshana, that everyone will be able to experience his first steps and everyone's first steps with their uh, prosthetics because this is going to air first in BYU uh, TV. This is, uh, you can download the app and this is how it will be streaming. And six months later, about six months later, it will be on Disney Plus and on uh, Nat Geo. So this is a really big thing. It really gives us great opportunity for people to realize that they don't have to, uh, like Colby said, put down anyone or, you know, uh, euthanize anyone that was born without limbs or that has had an accident and loses their limbs. This is very, very important. And, you know, now that we're going, soon we'll, we will be launching the campaign to help the other ones uh, that LEC has asked us to help because soon we're going, and hopefully I'm, I'm sure, you know, everyone is going to embrace this and help us so that we can have the funds to be able to make these new prosthetics for these new dental ones that are also in great need. And it's such a life changing uh, moment for them. You know, it just gives them, it gives them instant relief, you know, and it was so beautiful to see Mamai. I'm going to speak about my gorgeous Mamai. Uh, when she had that brace on and, um, and she was able to go down to the river and then she just wanted to keep going. It was the first time she had the brace on. And on her way back, they were trying to take her to the shelter because, you know, it, it, this is something so new for her. We didn't want her to be sore. And they were trying to take her back to the shelter. And uh, just the day before, they had delivered a beautiful red dirt um, to EMP. And she stopped and she started bathing herself with this dirt. Now, she had never been able to do this. And I will tell you that it just... It was just the most beautiful moment because uh, it was obvious to us that from her sh- from her enclosure, she had always seen the other ones, the other elephants do this. And who knows how many times she had been wanting to do that as well, how many times she dreamt of it. And she just stopped and enjoyed and her face, her Everything was just the most magical moment she was for the first time in her life uh, since she reached EMP and maybe for the first time in her life because I don't think in logging or in trekking or when she was being forced fed, she was allowed to do this. She was able to bathe with this beautiful red dirt and become one of EMP's elephants because this, this is so EMP, all of their beautiful elephants walk around with this beautiful red dirt on them. And it was just so magical. I mean, I'm not a crier, and uh, believe me. I am. Even Derek Campana, we had been teasing each other because I'm not a crier. To get me to actually roll a tear down my face is very, very difficult. And that day, it, it I think one or two came down. (laughs) You know, I'll say seeing her just in that beautiful pink brace, uh, it was it looked so of course, it's perfectly tailored to her, but it just felt like I think maybe I was even reacting to her whole energy shift. And now hearing even more of the story of her 
officially somewhat arriving finally at ENP Elephant Nature Park because she was able to participate in the dirt bathing and this beautiful, I mean, that is such a beautiful story. And those are the kinds of things that if, to our listeners, if you follow Gentle Giants, you'll be able to really see the magic, I believe, that Diana and Colby, both of you are describing. So thank you for taking us through that journey. I think what we've also been able to hear from you is that the measurable impact is in many, many ways. So congratulations to the team, the entire team for Bionic Giants. And we will be absolutely tuning in on some of the more mainstream media to see those results and celebrate those results. Talk about how people who are listening can get involved. What can we all do to support you, the Mahouts, the communities in Thailand, and of course, the gentle giants themselves, the elephants? The best way for everyone is that if you, if people can sponsor, you know, we, uh, as a nonprofit, we live out of donations. This is the, the truth. Uh, to be able to support all of these gentle ones, we uh, have to fundraise. We have to have supporters uh, donate, receiving donations. We are, of course, knocking on different uh, doors to be able to raise funds. But to be able to uh, support 138 elephants and hundreds and hundreds of humans behind these elephants, it's a really heavy financial load. Right now, we're having to uh, send approximately $47,000 a month to be able to support all of these beautiful gentle ones and the human families. So the best way that everyone can uh, help us is if sponsoring, donating, and sharing. Many people say, I don't have money, and I'm sorry, and I can't help. And that's not true. Of course, everyone can help. Word of mouth, sharing helps so much because maybe the person that is sharing doesn't have the funds to be able to sponsor or donate. But if they share, more and more people become aware and it just becomes a, a wonderful uh, network of people wanting to help. And believe me, there is no small donation. Some people will say, well, have told us, you know, I was going to donate, but it's so little that I decided not to. Believe us, every donation is greatly appreciated and every donation helps. Every donation changes lives. It's not, there's no thing, there's no such thing as a small donation and there's no such thing as there's no way I can help. Everyone can help and we need everyone's help to be able to continue um, making this uh, dream a reality. This is a dream uh, that has uh, Black Charlotte has had for 25 years. This is a dream uh, everyone that is helping and supporting us has had for these gentle giants. And this is a direct way to help the gentle giants so that they don't have to return to, wa to work. They don't have to return to trekking. And they don't have to even... Uh, that the owners don't have to consider taking them to logging, which is the worst out of all the industries. This is the way to keep mothers and babies together. And this is a way to keep them uh, whole and happy and thriving. And, you know, everyone can help us. And I hope everyone does because it is a, a, a Colby and I do this on volunteer basis. We don't, uh, we haven't 
ever paid ourselves a penny out of any of this. We just do it out of love for the gentle ones because this is a great opportunity to really change their lives. But not change. we don't want to change it for now. We want to change it forever. So that is our goal. That is our aim. And everyone can help us uh, in each and every way. Just imagine people could tell their bosses, you know, here in the United States, Many of the companies look for, uh, at, mostly at the end of the year, ways to get deductions from taxes so they can go and, you know, everything is uh, tax deductible, anything that comes to us because we're a nonprofit here in the United States. So that way they can help. You know, there are many, many ways to help us, and I hope everyone does because it is a, a heavy load to burden that we have to carry on our uh, on our shoulders every month and we hope to be able to continue doing it. I think it's a very outstanding message of compassion. All the things that you mentioned at the very beginning of this interview, Colby and Diana, about what you were setting out to do, being compassionate, loving all of Mother Nature's children. I mean, we've we've seen that through the elephants you've described. We've seen it through Mr. Cow and certainly we've seen it through the kindness and generosity of the gentle giants family that support and watch you, if I may say the herd. And what a wonderful way to close out Women's History Month with both of you, two outstanding women, Colby Steiner and Diana Munoz, doing tireless work to support these elephants and their freedom. And of course, the ecosystems around all of us. So thank you both so much. I wanna close by asking you both, what's one thing that gives you hope for these elephants and the post-COVID world? What gives me hope is that I see that people throughout all this time, almost two years now, uh, were willing to support these beautiful gentle ones and their families by just seeing a picture or getting a certificate, a badge, uh, getting a video of them or, or seeing the videos on, on social media and not having to interact with them uh, personally or, you know, being right there with them. So it gives me a lot of hope that people now have come to the understanding that we don't need to help, we don't need to invade their space or have them do anything to entertain us to be able to enjoy them. And in that side of the world, I think that it's it gives me hope that um, the Mahouts, their families, the owners have been able to see that they can earn a living without having to exploit their elephants. And I think that it's a mindset. I think we have been able to awaken many sleeping hearts. And I think that, uh, you know, the more we say, please love them from afar, from a protective distance. It's not that we're uh, against uh, tourism. No, go and enjoy the elephants. You don't have to be touching them. You don't need a selfie. You can just sit back and enjoy them from a a, a distance, a, a respectful distance, and enjoy them. See them really be elephants. See how they interact with their children, with each other, the way they play. They can't play like that if a human is in the middle because they have to be careful not to step on the human and make them I don't know, flat. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, that is the, that it just tourism has to change and it has to be ethical. And we could all go and enjoy them and see and be part of their lives, but not be 
in their lives. We can just be part of it. You know, Roshana, we see a lot of heartbreak too. And we share with our uh, family um, when it's one of our elephants um, or if it's another elephant, you know, um, sadly, there are still many, many, many suffering, uh, you know, more than uh, we wish we could help every single one. And some days it, it just feels a bit, I don't, I don't know if the word's overwhelming or, you know, we, we just, but then we see the ones that we've been supporting and their growth and how they've blossomed in just a year and a half. We have seen the mindset of, you know, um, not only, you know, people on, on this side of things, but people on that side of things who actually own the elephants you know, these elephants can't be returned back to the wild. Like many people say, can't you just set them free? Well, we can't for many reasons. Um, so seeing the mindset change that, hey, we we can still keep these elephants, but in their natural habitat and we can still be self-sustaining and we can keep our families together and we can help the environment by returning, you know, these keystone species back to the forest that are suffering from the logging industry. When, when we see those things and people reach out to us and, and tell us, you know, their stories and, and how this has helped them change their minds. And um, that's what brings me hope, mm. you know, that, yeah. that we are baby steps, but we are making tremendous accomplishments just in the short time that we've we've started this. And, you know, there's times we have to remind ourselves we've only been at this a year and a half mm -hmm. and and we've we've grown tremendously. And my hope is that we continue to be able to help more and more and more. And, you know, we will never change everything. But I think that Diana and I have worked very hard um, and we have made some great strides in progress. And just the fact that like Om Koi came to us and asked to change, we didn't push them or ask them. That was very hope inspiring. Mm -hmm. So Roshana, I wanted to tell you a very funny but beautiful story in regards to Om Koi. Uh, when they trained at EMP, that group they trained, they learned many, many things. And among them were to make those cakes, the same cakes that EMP makes for the elephants and that people can uh, order, you know, for anniversary, birthdays, uh, any, any occasion they want. So, of course, they're not half as beautiful as EMPs because EMP has been uh, practicing and making them for almost two years. And the people in Okoy just started. But they are really, really trying. And it was very beautiful to see that when we launched the program, that now that people can also order cakes for Okoy's elephants, uh, the people at Okoy don't speak. I want to start by saying they don't speak Thai. They speak their own dialect. And they definitely don't speak English. So having them write things on the cakes is really difficult for them because, of course, the message will be in English. So the first cake, it had to say, thank you. And instead of them writing, thank you, uh, they wrote T-H-N-K, 
and uh, boots on the ground soon came to us and she said, oh no, they forgot the end. What do we do? What do we do? And I said, don't worry about it. The donor is not going to mind. They know they're really, really trying. So I don't think the donor will mind. And of course, the donor did it. Um, and then the second cake, we said, okay, please make sure not to forget yet. The message on the cake has to be thank you. And they wrote T-H-A-N-K. So it was just beautiful to see these uh, mistakes, but you could see behind it how much they are trying and how much they want uh, this to work, you know, for them to be able to stay home and they're giving it their 110%. And actually there's a really cute other story I'll tell really quick. Um, we um, were asking our, our ladies in uh, Thailand, where's this cake? Where's this cake that was supposed to be delivered to Om Khoi? And they kind of laughed and we were like, what? And she said, well, what happened was they had made this beautiful cake in the morning, but they saved it all day and gave it to the elephants at night. So you can't see the pictures and videos. And we were like, well, why at night? And she goes, because in Thailand, when we celebrate, we give cake at night. So that's what they thought they were supposed to do with the elephants. Oh my God! What a what a beautiful story! Um, and bringing it somewhat full circle to this whole conversation, uh, which is a real human impact. And as a psychologist, I can say a growth mindset. And that really has been what I've experienced from watching your journey in the last year and a half. And also, of course, these individuals at Omkoi and across all of these different areas of Thailand that are benefiting from your work. Colby Steiner, Diana Munoz, thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for joining us today. Happy Women's History Month. And thank you for being truly the matriarchs of a movement that I think reflects a lot of the soul of what so many of us appreciate about elephants. So if you uh, listeners, if you want to support Gentle Giants, go to thegentlegiants.org or follow on social media. You'll fall in love with the elephants. And I think everybody has and will have continue to have a ton of respect for the work that you ladies do. Thank you so very much for joining us today. This was such a pleasure. And thank you for having us. We really appreciate you using your platform to help us spread the word. And thank you, Roshana. Really, um, you know, we could not do it without you. We could not do it without all of our supporters. So this is really uh, an amazing opportunity that we truly cherish and will always cherish. Thank you both so much. Thanks to our listeners. And tune in again for All About Elephants. Thanks so much to the work of Gentle Giants and to our two guests, Colby and Diana. 